Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on PlanetTower.com. I'm your host, Arnold Wonder, as always, and I'm joined by my very lovely guest. I'm glad he's here with me, Simon Red. Well, finally, you learned to show some respect. Yeah, man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it's you. About them time, yeah. Fuck I, you with I, the I force like, of a thousand sons. I like these new intros much better, yeah. Yeah, making me do that shit twice. Guys, welcome back. If you've been following us on the podcast, you know we do this as a retrospective. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll put a link to our last discussion. Our last discussion. Last time, we actually spoke about Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Maybe you should have called it Vicky and Cristina in Barcelona. I don't know. But the link is in the top right corner of the YouTube card. Go back to listen to that discussion. Don't forget, guys, these recordings are part of a Woody Allen retrospective. We've got the website WoodyAllenRetro.com where you can find all our previous discussions. We're actually coming up to the 50 episode mark on this retrospective. God damn it. And actually... We're actually at the one year mark when we made this bloody podcast retrospective for Woody Allen because... Already. Yep. As Simon likes to remind me, of all the people that love and adore Woody Allen, how come we're the only audio retrospective I can find online? What the fuck is that about? It's about hate and about the fact that people are fucking morons. <laughs> you know, it's funny you got that attitude because I think um, on the discussion we're about to get to, Simon's got... A similar train of thought. But before we do, guys, always, always, always have to remind you that we get into spoiler discussions. A lot of you guys know what the deal is with this with these Woody Allen talks we have. We're just casuals. We don't work for Motor Tomatoes, IMDb, IMDb. We're not even newspaper critics or web critics or whatever. You can tell by my mumbling. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time. As you guys like to remind me. So um, you guys know what you're in for. So Simon, why don't you tell us what marvelous movie we're going to talk about from Woody Allen this yeah, time. Yeah, boy. You don't have the credentials. You just got the hate. Oh, you have. Maybe I'm not alone on that, but we'll see. I thrive on it. Anyway, this time, we have a return to the comedic roots with Woody. That everybody loves, yeah. Of course, up until they don't. They just they just pick and choose when. So after after Woody being harassed for like 10 years to make good old school comedies again, he doesn't. And now we skip ahead to the year 2009, where he revisits an old script. An old script he wrote back in the 70s that was shelved. And he decided to adapt it again, set in New York, called Whatever Works. And guess what? Whatever Works didn't work for anybody, because everybody fucking hated it. That's the, that's the short version of this movie. To be specific, it was a match made in heaven between Woody Allen and Larry David. You know, from uh, Curved Enthusiasm, the guy who wrote your show. Seinfeld, yeah, he's a yeah. big fan of Seinfeld, massive, a massive force on Hollywood, man. And, you know, speaking of which, at the time of this recording, Kirby Enthusiasm is back for, I believe, it's, is it ninth or tenth season? I don't know. But, it's back uh, on HBO after a long break. Yeah, people have been dying for it. So, but at the time this was shot, by the way, he was in the middle of a season. I think he took a break, so people were so excited, like you just said, Woody Allen... And Larry David. So, Simon, what did they come up with this, for this movie? What did they come up with? Well, apparently they came up with the truth. And people can't handle the truth. So, Larry David plays Boris Yelnikov, whose catchphrase is, whatever works, has the title of the movie. And the movie opens up with him appropriately. Are you sure it's whatever works and you're not an idiot or an insect or an insignificant piece of shit? Yo, that's all true. It depends on who's saying it. So, if I'm saying it to other people... You could make that basically the book of life, but let 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 Larry tell you what 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 the movie's all about. Because in the opening scene, he gets up 
turns to the camera and starts narrating to the audience his thoughts, communicating his deep feelings. Narrating? Some people would call it a, a lecture or a berate in the audience and how stupid and pointless life is. Yo, yo you know what I call it? I call it the fountain of truth. Because that guy's woke. He basically explains things the way they are. That people are too freaking dumb. And that's the moral of his whole vision. And I don't understand why. Because, sorry people, but this movie's hated. Like it is hated. Big capital H and big capital hated. Absolutely despised. And I don't know why. Because the movie's freaking hilarious. Basically, Larry David is a genius physicist. Who is at the a bit of lonely phase in his life because a lot of people can't stand him because he speaks the truth about life and Republicans, mostly Republicans and Southerners and religious people. I mean, the movie starts with him telling his wife that she's an idiot as well, by the way. so That they're not compatible. There's a big difference. Sure. And that people in the South who believe in Jesus are imbeciles, which, again, very close to home and very close to the truth. But his uh, somewhat monotone some might call pessimistic, I call it realistic view of life, gets upset when the lovely and charming evil Rachel Wood enters the movie as called Melody. Her character is called Melody. And from the naivete in her name, you can tell that this character represents innocence. Basically, she's a southerner who escaped from home because her mom was so overbearing and she made it to the big city, but she's down on her luck. She's never been to New York She's very naive, kind of stupid. Okay, she's fucking dumb. But, you know, she was raised in an old Christian community down south. So she got out all right, considering her odds. And Larry David kind of takes her in. And at this point, we were watching this movie together and we were laughing. This is like Woody and Sunyi. Not the exact same scenario, but the way they get on where he's the older guy and she's the younger girl. And as Woody liked to call it, likes calling it, they establish a very paternal relationship where he's kind of mentoring her and teaching her about, you know, atheism and string theory. I don't, you see, that's the first thing about the film. I don't know if he's mentoring her as much as he's berating her constantly. With well, that's the same. Life. It's called, it's called tough love. See, this is the problem. Let take me, take me. out the love of that tough as well. It's called <laughs> tough companionship or tough... Uh, maybe it's just no, called no, torture. No, no, maybe that's the right word. No, torture. No, see, see, this is the problem, man. Like, because uh, Larry David, his character is in a, is in a phase where he not, he's not teaching physics anymore. He's just teaching chess to kids, right? Something simple. That's, pe- that's not the words he used, but he didn't uh, say uh, uh, chess uh, to kids. He's chess to imbeciles. Yeah, because there are imbeciles, and that, that's one of my favorite scenes when the the, the kid. Kid's mom comes in and starts complaining like, you, you threw uh, chess figures at my son. He's a very bright kid. And he's like, no, your son's an idiot. And I'm like, thank you. Because most people don't realize their kids are morons and they're just going to grow up to be even dumber idiots. They, they're not special. Everybody thinks their kid's special. But let me tell you, your kid ain't fucking special. You really sound like Maddox right now. But keep going. <laughs> your kid's not special. Your kid's just, you know what your kid is? Your kid is a ticking time clock to be an asshole. That's it. Soon they're going to grow up and they're going to vote for Trump Jr. Or fucking, you know, the fucking next generation of Trumps. And there's going to be just the same kind of asshole as their fucking father is this year. The same fucking shit. Just like 
his uh, granddad was when he voted for Reagan, and just like when his granddad was when he voted for Nixon. Hey guys, you see, you listen to the podcast right now, hearing Simon. What Simon's doing now is a better description of this movie than him actually talking, because this is exactly what the movie is. You see what Simon's doing right now? <laughs> He's berating, going off in his own opinion. That's what this movie is, basically, I, in a nutshell. I, I was hoping you, you caught on to that, and why this movie's awesome, because that's basically it. Larry Davis speaking the truth. The rest of the story... Basically, the relationship develops from she's annoying, I don't like her, to wow, what are the odds? I kind of girl he just found on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To what are the odds? I kind of like this girl. Let's get married. To enter the parents. And what do you know? They're two small town hicks, country ass idiots. What a shock. But then they come to the big city, and this is where I think the movie's more clever than the usual satire. Because what happens is when Melody's mom, played by the lovely Patricia Clarkson, enters the picture she's just the stereotype you would expect she's very conservative has tunnel vision basically a dumbass but in the big city she discovers all these new qualities to her she she starts seeing other men she goes on dates she gets dedicated to her photography because she finds a guy who actually supports her and says hey you have a really good eye these are some really good photos you should try maybe pursuing this and she transforms herself she abandons her old beliefs, puts on fresh set of clothes, changes her style, starts living with two guys at the same time. I mean, you want to call Vicky Cristina Barcelona a threesome movie? This is a threesome movie. They go straight to that three-way relationship. Like, within 10 minutes, they didn't take a whole damn movie to reach that point. And uh, also, we have a nice surprise here from your man. The only person on the planet who supports this guy as Superman, Henry Cavill. Yeah, that was a damn big shop. I completely forgot he had anything to do with this movie. Yeah. And once again, we always praise Woody and his cast and director for their foresight in hiring these actors. I mean, the main lady you just mentioned, she's the main girl, Dolores from Westworld. you got Superman up in here. And even the girl's mum, I know she's a big actress in it as well. So again, wow, man, really, really good casting. And Larry David, of course, very good casting. Yeah, and even uh, even, even Melody's uh, dad, played by Ed Begley Jr., yeah. I believe, he, you know, he's a well-known actor. You've seen him around so many bloody times. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he always plays the dad. Always plays the dad. But it, it, this time, they actually... I mean, Woody doesn't give a fuck with this movie. And that's why I like it. It reminded me of so of his 90s work, even though this sure. was written in the 70s. Because his dad comes in full-on, you know, NRA, Southern Pride, all the bullshit. Comes in like, ah, we're my shag. Well, let, my- let me jump in now and just say this. Look, man, this is... You've already described the description of the movie. Let me address some of the things because I don't want to just, you know. Oh, here, 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 here you come. You're going to rain on my parade, well, right? I was just about to say I'm going to play both sides because I don't think this movie is as horrible as everyone makes it out to be. And there's a couple of things that I think burn people with the wrong way about the movie. And to be honest with you, I don't know if they're just inconsequential people. Just that for first of all, every time I jumped on Rotten Tomatoes to see if I can actually decipher some, you know, constructive criticism on the movie. First of all, people are pissed off that it came after Vicky Christina Barcelona, a very good movie, just like when Scoop came off the match point. So they don't like that. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's fair, bad place and whatever. Secondly, Woody's return to Manhattan for the first time in, what, four or five years. People Since like, 2004. Yeah, so we're like, oh my God, what's he going to do? Is he more inspired after he's doing all these interesting... He's doing an old script just like you asked him. Yeah, so, and people are like, what, you come back to New York just for this? And again, I'm just like... I'll, does that really matter? But whatever. Another thing I keep hearing is Larry David being hired didn't really work out for him. Now, let me say this, because this is where I kind of agree and disagree. 
Now, Larry David playing as well is not far removed from the character he plays in Kirby Enthusiasm, which again is meant to be a more exaggerated part for himself. You mean the prophet of truth? An exaggerated clown who's, who's looking down on people, and we enjoy that. So he was, was he typecast for the movie? Not really. I think he was perfectly picked for the movie. But I think the main problem with the movie is, I'm going to go back to another movie that means... People Sam, are morons. Well, I'm going to bring up another movie that means you like a lot, that people hate a lot. And this is what happens when you strip down a good movie and bring it down to one element. One movie me and Simon like a lot is A Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Yeah. And there you've got two very strong characters, very opinionated characters going back and forth with absolutely great dialogue. Now, this movie, you've only got one character, a very obnoxious character, a very slight-minded character on his perception on life, and he's got no one to play off. The other characters in this movie are dumb as fuck. It's not even funny, especially the but, main but, lead girl. But, but see... I know it's played for comedy, Sam. I know but, she's no, meant no, to be No, no, no. I'm saying yeah. that's how people are in real life. They're slow. Oh, sorry, look, 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 look. Yeah, she's played dumb to such an effect where it's funny it's but, funny but it's like it can't just be her and her her family members they're not as dumb as her but they're equally out of touch and I know what the Allen's doing because if you look at the subtext and actually it's not really subtext it's pretty clear what he's doing everyone that is coming from the south is a fucking idiot and they find their true selves when they come into the city and they get a taste of life and obviously again you could find it a social critique or a touch on religion or what have you. And I'm like, I agree. You know, sometimes you need to explore the world to find out who you are. But handling handling it in this very brash comedy where Larry Davis' character is just berating them. He's funny. Let me just say for the record, I think Larry Davis is fine in the role. He's such a strong character. He needed someone to play off stronger. And the thing with The Curse of Jay Scorpion is it has a really good setup. What, everything around the movie is interesting with the magic and the mystery. Again, this movie has one good element and everything else around it is pretty weak. And it's not memorable. And, and that's a shame because he is great, but Larry David can't hold up this movie. And he's just he's just too strong and he's too right wing for this whole plot. You whatever. mean uh, he's closer to the left though? Well, whatever. Whatever side you want. I know what you mean in terms of what he's his thought process and all that. But I'm just saying that he's too on one side where these guys aren't even on the other side. They're just on another planet. So, so, yeah, it's called Republicanville. And for the comedy, it's very, very, it's not even juvenile. It's just low hanging fruit. These guys are absolute idiots. They're out of their zone. They come to the city and they all change. And Larry David is right. And that's it. And it's just like, it's humorous. And the dialogue is good and really funny. But it doesn't hold the movie. And if you're not watching Larry David, which you are for 90% of the movie anyway, everyone else is inconsequential. You could have taken away everyone else out of the movie. It could have been just him fucking just walking on the street being an arsehole. The movie would have been just as good. All the other characters don't make the movie any better. So it's a waste. All the other characters didn't do anything for the movie for me. I was just like, Larry David's funny, but everyone is playing off as a fucking idiot. They're out of touch. And, you know, the joke is after the first half an hour, this whole everyone's a fucking asshole idiot and it's not really interesting even henry cavill he's just playing a fucking nice guy that's it it's funny to see him be so british like he has he doesn't have like he has an original speaking accent obviously so he doesn't have an accent in like this movie. Elba, after you played the wire it was like what the fuck he's british yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you know he he speaks normal the way he would usually and he acts very natural so he's kind of dorky he's like a, a, a uk guy like we see these guys hang out outside of pubs 
So it's like, that's Superman? You know, that, that no, they, that's like the goofball dork who got pissed the other day. You know, so it, it's kind of interesting to see him like that. I guess you could add that to the movie. But you're right about the fact that it would have benefited from a stronger supporting onslaught of characters, I think, to really, I guess, capture the spirit of the city or the community or whatever, the env- the environment of we'll Larry David's characters. Out. Or it could have just been him alone in the movie, that Kirby and Fusion, where he's the focal character and he's meeting all these inconsequential, inconsequential people and you just focus on him because he could have carried the movie, if you ask me. Everyone else is filler, especially the main girl. She's not endearing. You don't well, give a fuck about well, her. Well, the, here's the thing. I mean, you, you would have really needed Diane Keaton. I think if this was done by Woody and Diane Keaton 20 years before... Heck, 20 years before this would have been 89, 30 years before. That just tells you how long Woody Allen has been in the game. But I actually, I actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I thought about that. Because actually, I'm going to defend Woody on this point. Everyone's shitting on Woody for bringing out a movie. For, he's done that four or five fucking times. He's fucking one of the movies we just spoke about recently was a uh, was a script that um, even Match Point basically that was part of a script that he was going for any hall, right? Was it Match Point or was it one of the other ones? No, no, no. Man and Murder Mystery was part of any whatever. Hall. Anyway, but Match Point was basically revisiting crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah, so everyone jumping on that. Oh, he he parked this show. He brought back. It doesn't matter. He always reworks his, his themes. That doesn't matter. Yeah, and he, here's. I my main kind of takeaway from that or point I would like to emphasize that if this would have come out it this feels like something out of the Annie Hall era yeah because he talks to the camera yeah it's very much centered in New York if this would have been the follow-up to Annie Hall instead of interiors people would love this people people, people would have had a meltdown how this is the movie of the agree. summer yeah, yeah. it is a, yeah. a masterpiece the brutal honesty of yeah. Woody Allen's writing yeah. strikes a chord in the intelligent heart. They would have the, done it in that same voice. The, the, the same voice. The same yeah, voice like, the, yeah. the, the, the. Comedy meets genius. Woody Allen returns with a pivotal masterpiece in filmmaking, bridging the gap between science, love, philosophy, yeah. and filmmaking. 100%. Like, no doubt. The, the, no people doubt. had a meltdown. So it's all about context. And again, I think the honesty of the movie that... You know, when uh, Melody's dad comes in and, of course, her being married to an older guy and his ex-wife, or they're not divorced, but the the wife he left living with two men and all this craziness just shocks him to the core. So he gets on his knees and starts praying and everybody's just like, what are you doing? There's nobody up there. And even Melody's like, Daddy, just stop being an idiot. You're wasting your breath. The, the movie's very blase about it. And, you know, here we are nearly 10 years later after this movie and this is still a controversial subject we still can't say happy holidays without somebody grabbing a shotgun and shooting up a mall for the sake of merry christmas yeah i mean people are fucking imbeciles sound familiar <laughs> <laughs> look man i his character was fine it's very he was the grinch on steroids which is fine good part he's the grinch of life that i like that metaphor definitely more of kirby enthusiasm but again you know he carries that movie, he carries that series on his own with a good supporting cast. Here, he needed, uh, there needs to be more balance here. And apart from that, I mean, there's nothing else I could really got to say about the movie. The cinematography, I thought, was forgettable. It looked nice at points, but I don't know. It, was, it didn't stand out to me per se. The soundtrack was standard Woody Allen Fair. And, you know, I just, look, I don't think the movie deserves this hate. Like, me and you were talking about where it places in, like, A, B, C grade. I think this is another, like you said, the C grade movie. 
maybe somewhat forgettable, except for Larry David as an actor playing the role. is very, very good, very memorable. But unfortunately, when I was watching the movie, I actually thought this was just another uh, longer episode of Kirby Enthusiasm because I think Larry David does incorporate the Woody Allen persona in a very good way. He's, he's actually suited to it more than many other people like Kenneth Branagh, for example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still hitting on the guy. This movie's 11 years after um, Celebrity and yeah. you're still, still like, nah. Yeah, but there's yeah. some people that just do it well and I think he does it really, really well, but ultimately he didn't have the supporting cast. There was no fucking plot. All this plot was, was he's a curmudgeon. These guys are assholes. Let's watch them for an hour and a half. That's it. There's no surrounding plot around it. Nothing extra going on. Maybe if there was something else going on, like a heist or something like, you know, what's that heist movie I didn't even like he did? I don't know. Something oh, like what, that. Oh, uh, what? Small Time Crooks? Exactly. Even if, I think that could have helped the movie. But there's really no outside plot. It all banks on him being an asshole. The, the, rom- the romantic parts are missing. I mean, again, if this was Woody and Diane Keaton, you would have had a lot of nice scenes with nice music of them going to different places in New York and Woody kind of showing the out-of-town girl, the different museums and art, and you would, ha- you would have the classic Woody Allen soundtrack in the background and Diane Keaton's charm. So the movie definitely needed that. I guess putting in the age angle helped give the film more of an identity, but sure. at the same time, it, it, it took a lot out of the, that classic charm away that probably at the time when this script was written, that would have been a no-brainer because it was just part of Woody's filmmaking. It was in Sleeper. It was in... And uh, right now, it's one of his old, played-out, cliche ideas. The young girl and him, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. So, uh, I, I guess him putting some stuff in where we both looked at each other like, that's clearly... Like, that documentary, Old Man's Blues, Wild Man's Wild, Blues. whatever. Wild Man's Blues, old yeah. Jew's Blues, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it was called. I can forgive you for saying that because at the end, his mum is a real hard ass. <laughs> Woody Allen's mum made some funny comments in that movie. But <laughs> the way they behave, there's a couple of scenes here where Larry David and this young girl Melody are exactly like that. Woody and Soon Ying, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly it's the same way where this guy is just wandering around aimlessly and the girl has to be like, no, sit down. It's like, you should think you should, yeah, you should sit down. You should, you should pick up the phone you should put your pants on and yeah. you should eat breakfast. You know, again, you ask Woody Allen, this has nothing to do no, with my w- life. Woody's I mean, like, uh, no, I, I don't base characters on myself. <laughs> I mean, this whole concept of uh, big age difference is actually something Getting I would just, I would just say, I, yeah, I yeah. was just reading up on it maybe. I, I, I don't remember. It just came but to me. Perhaps uh, perhaps a friend of mine I, I recommended it to me. I'm not sure. It's so distant. So maybe he <laughs> sat on the script because he wanted to act out in real life in the 80s. And now it's time enough he can make it to a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it got cancelled in the 90s where he was like, oh, I got a great script. I, exactly. I got a, I got a you know, I, I, course correct. <laughs> <laughs> I can't release this in the 90s. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'll wait but, 20 years. But I, I see, like, if you don't get a kick, like, as much as I did, uh, of Larry David just roasting people. You enjoy those the lines so much. Uh, I laugh so hard. Yeah. But that's the, that's, that's the only thing the movie is going for it. Like, Henry Cavill, if you're like a fan nowadays for being in the worst superhero franchise ever, which is not his fault, if this is like a treat for you, we're like, oh, I didn't know he did this movie. You're not going to get much out of his character. He's not in the movie much. Everybody else, like you say, they're punchlines. They're there to be caricatures to make fun of, even though, ironically, their caricatures are becoming more and more reality. But I mean, that's fine. 
I don't mind. He, those but, but, characters but, are there. But I understand that yeah. the movie needed something else. Yeah. It's not, it it yeah. can't be just the first scene where Larry David just says, you know what, what I like about life? Nothing. It can't just be that line of dialogue in two hours. You know, just that on re repeat. You have to have different dimensions. And even though Melody's character has grown and she becomes a different person and her mom becomes a different person, her dad discovers a whole new side of him, which explains the gun fetish. Which I always said that mm -hmm. men who love fucking pistols have a dick fetish. What a shock. But they go through all these transformations and that's fine. And he even does the ensemble finishing scene where everybody's in one room and they all yeah, went to the You know, that, that really lost me. That, that was the whole... Look, this character... It was too to much of a feel-good, happy ending yeah, for you. Yeah, just, it, it just felt like this guy isn't going to settle with anyone. And even if he does, it's not going to last. And I just thought I would have preferred the real ending where... You know, he dumps a girl and he's like, fuck it. And just walks on the street cursing people. Because he's not... Uh, look, the thing I like... The thing I really like about this movie, though, and I think to the movie's credit and what it does well, the guy's an arsehole, but he never really seemed lonely. He was trying to get rid of this girl for the longest time and he turned her into his perfect partner. That's what happened. And that's funny. That is genuinely funny that he turned her. He, he acts like, you fell into my... There's the whole scene where he's like, you just... We just met. We just... You, you just meet, you turned her into your perfect partner motherfucker she turned into you you know and then she when she didn't you guys woke up but at the end he fell out of the sky fell into another woman i'm like yeah it's silly and woody allen does that but the fact is all happy and at the end he turns to the camera and is like yeah you know you know that's life you gotta you gotta take what you can take whatever works i'm like whatever man i was like yeah maybe it was just too softy freely it didn't really feel consistent but at that point i was just like the film needed to end anyway so I, I didn't really bother i just i didn't think that was consistent but overall i'll wrap up and say it. i don't think the movie deserved its hate at worst it's somewhat forgettable at best it's pretty funny and the dialogue of, of larry david is pretty hilarious because he has some lines semi-racist lines semi-offensive lines as Simon likes to say, the truth, which is some of, the, like, some of it was just real talk, but just like Kirby enthusiasm, the reason why you can't go around saying what your thoughts are like, because that's Kirby enthusiasm is Kirby enthusiasm is a show about a man being his 100% real self that you cannot do in real life. It was that's why Seinfeld was successful because these guys are doing what they really shouldn't be doing in real life, and that's another movie of this, but you can't do it in real life. We got a movie of that here, and all the characters around him are not believable in what they would do they're just idiots and you can't do this in real life that also makes it fun to watch see a character go off on people in ways that you can't get away with in real life you know but it's, it's fine the movies it's just it's just fine doesn't deserve the hate but for the majority of people that don't like it i get it i do get why it's hated i can see why they don't like it in comparison with let's look at woody allen's filmography on the whole yeah it's a c-grade movie so you know but i will yeah. say this he's done a lot worse without a doubt uh, yeah and we mentioned this in the last one that he got so much credit for Wiki Cristina Barcelona, which again was just a bold movie. From if you look at it from the perspective of a very conservative person, it was like very eye opening. Like, oh, you can think like this about relationships and life, and from that perspective, quite similar. So Woody Allen's worldview and his open mindedness kind of put on the big screen and with full force, and everybody praised him for it. So then going into this there's a real conflict there where they want to praise him as this really established filmmaker who has his own legacy now but then when he 
keeps going back to his annual tradition of making a movie every single year and doing what it, whatever it takes. <laughs> doing whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even funny. He drops the line three times in the movie, so I'm going to allow you to do a pun. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line is, when he goes back to this, I think people are just... They, they want him to be more consistent with quality, but I think... After watching so many of Woody Allen's movies, a movie that more than a marathon. This and is a, a movie a year. A director who does a movie yeah, a year. I, I think it helps him stay fresh. You know, it, it helps him try out different things, try different ideas, get different thoughts out, which recharges him. Like, okay, I did all the stuff I wanted to do about this subject matter, or I did all these film ideas I had. Now I need to tank up with fresh inspiration. So thinks about different topics, sure. things he hasn't done before or things he now has a way of doing better because yeah. he has a, gets a new idea. So it, I think the whole thing's part of his process. So I don't understand the hate. I understand, again, it's bad timing. We said this with Matchpoint that people thought Matchpoint was a fluke. Now people are like, okay, no, this guy is great. This guy is a master director, so he shouldn't do this. So now the narrative is you're so great. Why did you do anything that's not 100% terrific? Why don't didn't you do Wiki Christina Barcelona Part 2 Amsterdam? I don't know. Well, you know what? I'm glad you brought it up. And here's one of the benefits of us doing a retrospective. We can go back and look at Woody Allen on average. On average, every decade, you will get two or three really good Woody Allen movies. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, best of the decade. He every de yeah. In every decade, he has... A couple, not not just one, but more than one film sure. that's best of the decade. Yeah. Minus maybe the 80s. So, let's, <laughs> if we're not going to do it, well, just even off the top of my head, even if the 90s, I could think of like Husbands and Wives, Deconstructing Harry, like Sweet and Low Down at Three. This is the this is the end. This is 2009. This is the end of the 2000s. So, obviously, match point, Vicky Chris and Barcelona. Yeah. Two. The Two. other ones, I know people didn't like. And yeah. I know we're going to do 2010, but let's... No one's going to like the next movie. I was even yeah. spawn and say that. So, but that, yeah, that's 2010. That's like the next decade. And already. we're in with the current decade. We're going to yeah. get to 2010. We already know Midnight in Paris. We already know Blue Jasmine. You know what I mean? So to be on average... And Wonder Wheel with Justin Timberlake. That's uh, That just sounds great. Just... Let's just keep that sound back for when we watch it, Simon. Because <laughs> okay, I'd let... love let... to see you defend this movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm just, I think you're going to be on the defensive here. You're biased to, to your boy Justin. Let's see if he can dance his way out of that one. <laughs> anyway guys we've put on too long enough about this one as I said before guys if you look at Rotten Tomatoes this is a bit uh, it says it's 49% on the Rotten it's a Rotten at 49% but the reviews are pretty scathing and you be pretty much the same and if you look at any top 10 Woody Allen movie list or if you go into Wikipedia and just put scores chronologically this is always in the bottom 5 almost in the bottom 3 consistently I don't know why I could think of worse movies but near the end of our retrospective we are going to do like a best and worst podcast where we're really going to hash it out have our little thoughts on that but anyway that's this one down the bag we need to move on because we are done with another decade can you goddamn believe it? we're coming to the final decade now god damn this is this is this is the the final rush i guess because you know this is the decade we're in now so last couple of movies really couple a couple <laughs> oh yeah a few a few <laughs> yeah more than a couple but guys again we're celebrating the year anniversary of the podcast so you know if you've enjoyed this if you haven't even listened to you didn't even know we've been doing this for so long guys again check out the woody allen retro 
podcast link I'll put in the podcast description up above. And you know, Simon's here with me recording on site in Williams for so long. I've had fun doing this. And I'm glad we've got to modern Woody because now a lot of you guys listening, they've actually watched these movies. I know in the 90s and the 80s, 70s, you guys didn't even know those movies. But now we're getting to a point where I know a lot of you listening know of these movies in the last decade. So please let us know what you think of these movies by sharing your thoughts with us in the comments down below. And as always, I've got to thank my buddy Simon Rad for joining me on this retrospective on the one year anniversary. Thanks, buddy. That's fine. I wish people would be like smarter, but I guess... Okay, well, I was hoping you'd be a little more spunky there, but that's a Simon mm. Radan no one loves. So, guys, you know what? Why don't you do me a favor and tweet Simon and just tell him how much you appreciate yeah. him as Simeon underscore Radan. So, you, you know, the, <laughs> as Larry David says in the movie, they are contemplating putting in automatic toilets in public restrooms because people cannot even be trusted to flush a goddamn toilet. So, how are they going to figure out how to use Twitter? They can't even tell if they're tweeting a Russian bot. Yeah, there was even a beautiful scene here where he pointed that, you know, if we keep going this way, we can turn up with that guy as a president. Oh, you, oh <laughs> I, I'm so glad you brought that up. See, I think, I'm sorry, I need yeah, to mention this. Okay. I, I totally think yeah. that that gadget he had in uh, Midsummer sex, sex comedy, comedy yeah. where he could see visions of the future or past or whatever, yeah. that that shit is real. Because I'm telling you, some of these movies Woody Allen makes are just precursors to what's going to happen. Not just with the casting choices, but just with jokes, this movie ages beautifully because all the dumb shit Larry Davis t- talks about uh, that people do, they still do today. And then when the mother comes in first before her transformation, she's just calling the daughter like, you should find a nice man. You should find a good guy. You're in New York. Find a rich, successful guy. Find somebody who's nice, who tr- knows how to treat women. And they go to like this museum where they have uh, statues of uh, New York celebrities. And he's like, you know, like this guy. You should be with somebody like this. And he's pointing at a goddamn fucking mannequin of Donald fucking Trump. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, how did he know? Because he was already in Celebrity 10 years before this, talking yeah. some crazy shit already. Yeah. And now, again, he just makes another cameo appearance in a Woody Allen movie, looking like an asshole, even as a statue. And she's talking like, yeah, this guy, this guy would make a good husband. I'm like, he can't even get his wife, who's the first lady now, even though she doesn't speak the language, which is ironic, to hold his hand. She just looks like a... He just looks like a... A mannequin? A, yeah, a, a mannequin. Like a, a mannequin possessed by some evil snake demon. That's, that, that's what she looks like all the time. And he just looks like a goddamn senile 70-year-old man who, yeah. who really needs to take his medicine. Yeah. But great husband material, apparently. That's your president you're talking about. Hey, have, some, have some goddamn respect. So, <laughs> hey, if he can win your heart, he's just going to grab your pussy. That's a quote from President Trump before he was president-elect, whatever. Guys, let's get the hell out of here. As always, thanks for listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Don't forget to subscribe. Do not forget, I've said it for the third time, or theanaretro.com. Go there, get all the other discussions, and we'll see you on the next recording in the final decade.